are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sun Devil fans, it is hate week. We've talked about this a little bit throughout the week, but if you have been watching ASU football or you know ASU sports for as long as at least that Rich and I have been paying attention, if not longer than that, you know U of A, anytime those games come up, must win games. Hate everything about U of A. This needs to be a big win for the Sun Devils team. But in this edition of the podcast, we're going to be looking back at the history of this matchup. Maybe some of the the better moments in this game. Uh, Who owns the rivalry records? Uh, Maybe some of the streaks in those. We'll we'll get into some of those statistics as well. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Again, thank you for making us your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is also brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your finances, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. Richie Bradshaw, it is hate week on a Friday. We are one day away from hopefully kicking the Wildcats' butts. How are you feeling, my friend? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. And Connor, I tell you what, that this, to me, I feel like this is a really anticipated game based off of the way that we just ragdolled them last year. The way that this season has gone for both teams, I feel like I feel like both Arizona State and U of A are coming into this game feeling like they have a lot to prove. And I think we're going to be in store for a heck of a duel in the desert. That's a good way to put it, duel in the desert. Definitely a, a common term thrown around for this game. Uh, it, it, I wouldn't say it's one of the, the bigger bowl games. It's probably one of the, the longest standing I shouldn't say bowl games. That's rivalry games is the right term to use. Uh, so we started, and, and by we, I mean U of A and ASU, they played their first game in 1899. So uh, of all the rivalries, this has probably got to be one of the longest standing. Uh, but that was back actually when we weren't even ASU. We were normal school. And they won 11-2. to two. So unless the rules had changed back then, U of A had a safety, and that was all the scoring that they did. We also got that's, that's some kind of scoregami right there. But it was also eleven, so that's, I mean, that is, what is that? Like I mean, the, that could be a touchdown, a two point conversion, and a field goal. Yeah, I guess so. I, I guess it could I also don't be remember. three field goals and a safety. I'm curious how long two point conversions have been a standing thing in, in football, right? Like, was it something that came around? you know, back in like the sixties, was it always around? Is it something recent? You know, I, I just, I guess I don't know off the top of my head, but yeah, 11 and two reading that out loud is a, a little weird. So, um, but let's, let's dig into some of the history for this. So clearly we, we've talked like 70 to seven, right? Just last year's game, great game for ASU. However, unfortunately we do have to talk about the all time standing record. It actually is in U of A's favor. Currently it is 44, 49, and 1 in terms of win losses and a tie in favor of U of A. So they are leading ASU by five total games. Hopefully, it's not for that much longer. Um, we'll, we'll see if they're able to, to keep the streak going, but a lot changes year to year. 
right? No matter how bad we think U of A is right now, things can turn around pretty quickly in sports. So uh, even if we think we can make it 45, 49 and one, who knows how long it'll actually be before we catch up. And I mean, if, if recent success is any indication, then it, it's not going to take too much longer, Connor. So since the turn of the century, Arizona state is actually 14 and seven in these rivalry games. And in the 2010s alone, we have won. It looks like eight of those matchups, eight, eight of 11. So from, uh, from, from 2010 to 2020, we are eight and three against U of A. We're quickly, quickly closing that gap and, Definitely turning it into more of a rivalry than it was back in the back in the uh, 1980s and so on and so forth. I mean, Arizona State has definitely started to gain some respect in the in the 2000s and 2010s, and hopefully that carries into the 2020s. Definitely. Uh, so let's talk uh, about the streaks. Uh, off the top of your head, Richie, do you know what the longest winning streak is for either team? It is U of A, and it was from, uh, I, I believe it was like 1980-something up until almost 1990, I believe. Wrong. So really? It, it, is U, it is U of A. Uh, it's at 11 games. Uh, it essentially started in October of 1932 uh, and ended in 1948. So oh, my goodness. Clearly, at that time, they weren't playing each other every single year. But could you imagine 16 years? 16 years since you could claim that you had a victory over your rival team. Well, and I'm years. taking a look at it. Uh, take it with a grain of salt because there was only 11 matchups in that time frame. So it's not like they lost 16 straight. No, no, no. Like, However, like they, a, they were shut right. out in four of those matchups. Right. That's including what I was a 67 nothing. Woof. Yikes. Uh, ASU, however, their longest uh, current winning streak was at nine games from 1965 to 1973. Uh, ASU does have a current win streak of four straight against U of A looking to make it five. Like I, I, this isn't even like a Homer opinion. This is not biased. I I think the world would be pretty shocked if U of A were to beat ASU uh, come Saturday, which listen, like in sports, weird things happen. Like I'm not saying ASU is bulletproof by any means whatsoever. Uh, We've seen in several games, like, Washington State is probably the prime example of where they absolutely just shot themselves in the foot. If they come out and play like that against Arizona, anybody in college football can beat them at that point. So uh, hopefully we can make that five wins. Uh, A a couple of interesting nuggets in terms of home and away. ASU does have a better record uh, at home uh, where they are 22-18-1 and where the tie had occurred. Away, though, they have been pretty dominated against in Tucson at 22-31. Richie, as you had suggested, it's becoming more of a rivalry than maybe it was uh, towards 1899. But um, ASU is definitely looking to pick up the pace. Hopefully they can get a few more wins over the next couple years in Tucson as well. And I mean, I definitely like our odds. So four-game win streak means that you've won you've won your last two matchups in Tucson. And we got to remember that 70-7 to was in Tucson last year. So that's definitely the statement that you're looking for to continue – such such a an awesome streak against just the worst college in the whole wide world. That's not close either. Definitely. Uh, last ten matchups, ASU is seven and three. 
Richie, if I were to tell you that 70 to 7 was not the largest margin of victory, would you be surprised? No, because unfortunately I peaked earlier and uh, you have no, 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 no. Oh, no, no. Uh, sorry, specifically in, in a win for ASU. I should have prefaced that. I was just testing you. So, so, so for an ASU? A- ASU, ASU victory, yes. Uh, it, that was last year was the largest margin of victory that ASU has had in their victory. I should Got probably it. preface it there. Um, so, in terms of the smallest margin of victory, actually, it was pretty recent. It was in 2018 where they won 41 to 40. So, definitely a, a close game there. Uh, interesting here, which you were taking so many games where, uh, especially football, was just so revolved around the run game. But average points per game in this game for ASU is 22 points. If they put up 22 points against this U of A football team, I'd be screaming the entire game, all four quarters, be ripping my hair out. So we should hopefully come close to double 22 points, but we'll see. Yeah, I think that's the perfect way to put it is it's just kind of like a we'll see kind of moment. But I I do really think that we can just absolutely come out and squash them. I, I hope that that's the case because I if we're in a dogfight, I would be very disappointed. Definitely agreed there. So that is kind of where U of A versus ASU stands at the moment. Things are, are not necessarily going to change quickly, right? We play each other once a year. So if we were to talk about this same thing next year, not a lot of this is going to change. Ideally, we have one more win under our belt and we make that uh, all-time record a little bit closer into ASU's favor. Uh, stick with us. We're going to be talking about just hate week, essentially for the entirety of this podcast. Next, we're going to start to break down some of our favorite games, or at least some of the biggest games in either team's favor. You're listening to the Lockdown Sentinels podcast. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. You sink it, the championship's yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls right over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control over your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. So head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash NCAA. We're back for our second segment, specifically just focusing on Hate Week. Uh, so in the first segment, really, we just kind of broke down the history of these two schools, uh, really kind of just looking at where they stand, um, who has the overall record, specific streaks, all that kind of stuff. Now we're going to be talking about some specific games. I'll at least open this up to biggest games in either team's favor, whoever got that victory. Richie, I was doing some research some of the what I had found uh, in terms of like the severity or the impact of these wins uh, was pretty surprising to me. Like a lot of these that I had found, I, I wasn't even alive for at the time. So if I had been a fan of these specific ASU teams, it would have been a much harder game to watch. 
and vice versa, I'm sure, for some U of A fans. But do you have a specific game in mind? It doesn't matter if it is uh, the most, like, the biggest ASU versus U of A game all time, just one of the biggest. Do you have a specific game in mind you want to kick this off with? Um, You know what? There's There's plenty of really good ones. I think we should start with 2013. 2013 was a really, really fun game for us. If I remember correctly, and I'm going to pull up box score just to double check, I believe that Kadeem Carey was absolutely clamped in that game. And that was that was a very big deal. Nope, just kidding. 32 carries, 157 <laughs> yards, and a touchdown. It had to have been a different game. We we clamped Kadeem Carey in one of those games, but obviously it wasn't it wasn't 2013, but we won that game 58 to 21. BJ Denker was their quarterback, and he threw three interceptions and only completed 50% of his passes. Meanwhile, our Lord and Savior Taylor Kelly Taylor was 13 of 25. Kelly. I love Taylor Kelly. Top three ASU quarterback all time, and you cannot change my mind. But Taylor Kelly went 13 of 25, but through 274 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. My dude, Jalen Strong. Four catches, 142 yards, and a touchdown. Definitely a big game there. Javen Strong, huge, huge name for ASU Sendable fans, especially as of late. Didn't necessarily have the career that we would have hoped that he did in the pros, but regardless of that, uh, I found a game specifically from 1985. Uh, so back in 1982 specifically, the Wildcats, I believe they had stopped the Sun Devils from going to what would have been their first Rose Bowl appearance from what I had found. And then they beat ASU 28, uh, 28 to 18 in Tucson. Then it was three years later. So now we're in 1985. ASU, it, it looked like they needed, I think they honestly could have gotten away with a tie uh, just to get a, a, a Rose Bowl berth. But the Wildcats, it looked like they come back 13 to three in the second half to beat the Sun Devils uh, at, in their home turf. Um, so stopping ASU specifically going from a Rose Bowl like regardless of how U of A's uh, and I'm not looking at their overall schedule that season, but stopping your biggest rival from being able to go to a Rose bowl. How good does that have to feel? I mean, unfortunately it's just one of those things where it, it, uh, it, it benefits one side and not really the other, but the Rose bowl is so prestigious for all, all of the pac 12 and I will for ever hold it over any U of A fan's head that they never got to go to a Rose Bowl. And it just makes me so happy inside and so full. And it's just, it's great, Connor, because at least Arizona State has been the two of them. Not only that, but we we beat number one Nebraska way back in like the 70s, something like that. And we got we got to the Fiesta Bowl because we beat U of A. And taking down number one Nebraska was essentially a national championship, but unfortunately it ended up going somewhere else. Don't quote me. I want to say Ohio State ended up getting it. But, yeah, take, taking away a, a Rose Bowl berth from your rival is great. Definitely. Uh, any other games stick out to you specifically? Dude, I'll tell you what. This wasn't one that we we won, unfortunately. But the 2014 game, was unbelievably stressful and it was just back and forth the whole time. If you remember 2014, this was the year where Mike Bercovici had played a lot of time for Arizona State. So him and Taylor Kelly both made appearances in this game. They combined for uh, 267 yards, four touchdowns to one interception. 
and Jalen Strong went off. DJ Foster had a really nice game as well. If you remember the name Cameron Smith and Frank uh, Gamage also had some really nice games, but unfortunately U of A just ran rampant. And uh, is it Nate Wilson? Nick. Nick Wilson had gashed us just the whole friggin' game. But it uh, that that's another really good game in the series. And then the first duel in the desert that I ever got to go to was back in 2015. It was my first and only year on campus. And I was in the student section. I had pretty good seats to it. And I just remember it, it had been a pretty high scoring game. The, the final score was 52 37 in favor of Arizona state. And we ended up like closing the gap on him. Uh, Brandon Dawkins was the quarterback for U of a, and he threw a pick six to one of the most underrated Sun Devils of all time, Lloyd Carrington and Carrington house sat it in my end zone. And it was just so cool to watch because you're sitting there and you're like, you just slammed the door shut on these guys. And it just, it, it's moments like that that are just so cool to witness, especially live. And that, that was just one of them. It, it was so much more. Definitely. Uh, here, here's another one for you 1978, Frank Cush. You remember Frank Cush? Of course. It, the Sun Devil Stadium was named after Frank Cush for the longest time. It might still be Frank Cush Field, but I'm pretty sure they changed it to Sun Devil Stadium. I think I think you're right. Uh, obviously, like Richard, I never got to watch Frank Cush as a <clears throat> coach, but it looks like in 1978, I think that was his last year coaching with this team. ASU squeaked out a win, 18 to 17. But in this final game, it looks like as the ASU head coach, uh, son of a quarterback, Mark Malone threw a pair of touchdown passes. Um, and they had a 45-yard field goal attempt in the final seconds that went wide left uh, for the Wildcats, it looked like, for them to hold on to the victory. Uh, that loss left U of A specifically with a 5-6 and six record uh, under, it looks like their head coach was Tony Manson. Uh, Tony Mason, my apologies. ASU finished that season, I think they were 9-3. and three. And then it looks like a- Frank Cush uh, had finished his ASU career with a 16-5 and five record against the Wildcats. And actually, that was that nine-game winning streak from 65 to 73 that we had talked about in the first segment, too, that Cush was responsible for. Well, there you go. Yeah, just definitely got to make sure that we bring Frank Cush into this, considering he is the face of the Arizona State football program and was for a very long time. And like I mentioned earlier, he, he might as well have been a national champion for the school when we did take down Nebraska. But back then, it was a very complicated system for how national champions were divided. It wasn't even the BCS system where you had number one versus number two. It was just, it, it was very controversial and Arizona state deserved it, but didn't get it ultimately. But uh, the last game that we need to highlight Connor, we got to talk about 2020 70 to seven. I mean, we can't sit here and talk about our favorite Arizona state versus U of a games without mentioning 70 to seven. And I mean, we talk about it all the time on the podcast, but let's actually talk about it we had seven rushing touchdowns seven three from Rashad White one from Nagata one from Trayanum one for Jaden and then one for the first Chinese uh college football player Jackson Jackson he yes and he had the cool custom jersey and everything Jaden also dude so Jaden only attempted 11 passes he completed nine of them for 203 yards and two touchdowns 
Curtis Hodges had one catch for a 74 yard score. I don't know this for a fact. Like, I, I just don't. Especially considering, uh, again, call, uh, football in general has changed so much to a, a pass heavy offense kind of thing, especially in college football. Uh, 11 passing attempts, and you won by 63 points. That has that, to be one of the biggest blowouts in terms of like the least amount of pass attempts in college football history. It, again, it would not surprise me way back when, decades ago, if something like that had happened uh, again, but some team had ran it 50 times between like two, two, three running backs, and they just somebody destroyed a nobody school, right? Um, in terms of ASU's games, I would be willing to bet that's probably their largest margin of victory and least amount of pass attempts. That's just that's mind-boggling to only pass eleven times and to put up seventy points. Well, in the top two hundred passing yards as well. That that's another absolutely insane stat for you. But here's something crazy for you: seven players had at least one rushing attempt. Can you tell me who led the team in rushing attempts in this game? Um, you would you would think it would be Rashad, either Rashad White or Chip Trainum. Would think it'd be one of those two, but it was Daniel Legato with 16 totes. Oh, very nice. Both uh, White and Trianum had 10, and they were tied for second. I don't, so I haven't this, gone back to this. Goes to show you, yeah, that this backfield is so much fun. Yeah, yep. definitely. Yep. Um, I, I don't, uh, I don't remember the game because it's been a little while. Um, I'm curious if they just threw Daniel Nagata in once they were up so many possessions, uh, and that's why he ended up getting the most amount of carries. But regardless, still a, a fun fact that he was able to to lead the team in carries, which I had given you two options and didn't even think of Daniel Nagata. So that's pretty cool. So with that, uh, let's take it to our third and final segment. Uh, again, talking a little bit more about some hate week for the, the upcoming game against the U of A Wildcats. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops. NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games, don't need to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Built Bar is the best protein bar ever. If you haven't had a Built Bar by now, you're missing it out. They say it's a protein bar, but it doesn't taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down, but a built Bar is soft. It's covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience and one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low in carb, low in calorie, low in fat, low in sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of being just purely delicious with tons of different flavors. This month, Built Bar is coming out with a new limited time flavor every three to four days. So be sure to check their website often because you don't want to miss out. 
Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We are back for the third and final segment of our hate week. Game against U of A this Saturday. Cannot wait for that game. We have a couple interesting facts about the Territorial Cup, or at least the duel in the desert itself. Uh, We did a little bit of research during that break, but... I think in the first segment I had talked about I, I, ASU versus U of A is one of the oldest rivalries. But, Richie, the Territorial Cup itself is actually the oldest trophy. So nobody touches the cup uh, in terms of, like, age, which is actually certified by the NCAA as the oldest rivalry trophy in college football. Uh, it's actually a decade older than the state of Arizona, earning its name because Arizona was a U.S. territory at the time of its actual creation. I mean, that that's honestly like a super cool fact, right, is to know that it's it's the oldest trophy in college football, considering how storied college football is like, it's honestly kind of mind blowing if you think about it. But it also really helps to put emphasis on how great of a rivalry this is, because it doesn't get enough national attention for being such a great rivalry because neither U of A or. Arizona State are consistently in the conversation for being national title contenders. That makes it, it's not as good as the Iron Bowl. It's not as good as Michigan versus Ohio State. It's not as good as um, uh, Clemson, South Carolina, or USC and UCLA or Stanford and Notre Dame. So many other different rivalries that you can throw in there. But ASU and U of A truly is a terrific rivalry and call me biased if you want or just call a spade a spade because it truly is an outstanding rivalry that doesn't get enough love and knowing that we have the oldest trophy i feel like that needs to give a little bit more props towards how how storied this rivalry is especially considering it dates back all the way to 1899 like that's over 100 years that's insane that back when we were arizona normal not Arizona State, Arizona normal. And by the way, we did win the first game of that series. So sticking my tongue out to all of you U of A fans. Definitely. So, I mean, everything with context, though, right? Like, are, are we saying that it is the best match or in terms of, like, rivalry game in college football? No. And to your point, you had said it's because ASU and U of A are not consistently, like, one of the better teams in the nation to make it that kind of game. Um, doing some quick math off the top of my head, you and I were talking before the podcast. I think they played 94 games so far. Um, two of those games have ASU and U of A ever been ranked at the exact same time. Uh, so obviously, I'm sure they played each other in the same season where they potentially were both ranked, but somebody had lost. Maybe you fell out of the, the top 25 kind of thing. But regardless, two times in 94 games that these two teams have ever both been ranked at the same time. Now, if you're talking about maybe some of the the more pristine schools, I'm sure that's happened much more often than not, right? Even for a school like, let's take the Iron Bowl as an example. Like Alabama has not always been the powerhouse that they were. So for them to just not be ranked some of the years of the Iron Bowl, not a surprise whatsoever. Um, For however long Saban's been there, what what we're talking about 15 to almost 20 years now at this point. Give or take. Uh, he but, got there in 2008. Yeah, okay. So right. just about 15 years, a little less. Yeah. Um, Feels like so, younger, though. 
definitely not the most um, – it's not the best rivalry game in terms of, like, probably overall talent. Um, but you you are right in the sense that it definitely needs to get more love. Uh, for the Territorial Cup to be the longest standing or at least the uh, oldest division rival trophy, that is just stunning to me. And at least we can kind of take that as, like, a, a badge of honor, right? If other people don't necessarily care about it, we do, and other people probably should a little bit more as well. Here's another one for you, and I know I've heard of this before in the past, but I don't really think about it, but the trophy had actually gone missing after the original meeting between two schools, and it was missing until 1980. 1980, when it was rediscovered in a church basement near the ASU uh, Tempe campus, uh, it was later authenticated by the as the original trophy by the NCAA. I'm not going to try to defend ASU here, but if it was found near a church near ASU, that seems pretty fishy that after ASU had won that first game, they kind of just took their trophy and ran and said, uh, where did we leave that trophy? Yeah, we, we had it somewhere shoved in the closet. I just can't remember which closet and it just got lost. But to find it in a church nearly 80 or I guess a little over 80 years later, is just baffling to me and totally something ASU, I think, uh, tried to sweep under the rug and is definitely their fault. Hey man, uh, you you got to take your wins where you can get them, and if it means hiding hiding a trophy away from such a terrible school, then who am I to say that they're wrong? Uh, considering they tried to stop ASU from becoming a school in the first place, I guess I can't really can't really blame them, right? Absolutely, yep. And and that that honestly, Connor, if we can talk about that for a second, that's something that doesn't get talked about enough with this rivalry is. It's not just because they're in the same state. It's not just because they're in the same conference. It's not just because they're in the same division. It's the fact that U of A tried to block Arizona State from becoming a state university. It's literally bad blood between these schools. They, they hate each other. There is no love lost. There is no respect between the two. It is flat out. We don't like you. You don't like us. And we're going to keep it that way. And I am here for it because I despise everything about Tucson and everything about that university. And I couldn't love it more. It makes the rivalry so much more intense. I know I'm not the only one. I mean, former Arizona state linebacker standout Brandon McGee has gone on record as to say that he would disown his kids if they went to U of A. Like that's the kind of rivalry that we have built up between these two schools. And it really stems back to U of A trying to block us from becoming a state university. And how'd that turn out for you? <clears throat> well, now your kid's got a full ride to go just be a student at U of A. Adios, my friend. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt, potentially definitely worth it. You're totally right. I think I had mentioned at least part of the quote on yesterday's podcast. Sorry, I should say the Wednesday edition of the podcast. Uh, Jed Fish, the current head coach of U of A, their football team, he he made a quote, I think it was earlier in this season, uh, talking about how heated the rivalry can get. Uh, when he first got to U of A, he was essentially told how how much of a tradition it was for this specific game and that it absolutely had to be one. Um, last year, I think it was, if I remember the quote correctly, he was talking about it was fourth and four and we were up 63 uh, to seven at that time. And they still passed the ball 
for a touchdown on fourth and four up that many points just to run up the score. Now, he was Love saying it. that their, their players, their coaching staff, quote, they don't forget, or essentially they will remember. Good. While we may not win by 63 points again, this should be a buck kicking in ASU's favor. So if you didn't remember it the first time, or if he's saying that they did, they will absolutely remember it the second time. Dude, it just rubs salt in their wound. And flip the script. If if ASU was losing 63 to 7 and U of A did that, power to them. Do I hate them even more? Of course I do. But I just like I would love us to do it, they should love themselves to do it. So it just so happens that we're the better football team and it's not close. And we got to do it. And I don't feel bad. And I'm here for it. And I hope that that scenario comes up multiple more times in the remainder of my life where we just have a, we have a scenario where we can really just kick them while they're down. Like you think that we're done and then we just give you a haymaker and we, we do the, the RKO and any other, any other um, WWE move. What, what's this? It's Jaden Daniels with a steel chair. Yeah. Seriously. From the parking lot, from the parking lot. I'm, I'm all about it, Connor. Like, like I said, I would expect U of A to do it to us. Therefore, I'm, I am here for it. Destroy them by any means as necessary. As a famous Captain America once said, whatever it takes. Well, there you have it. That's going to wrap it up for our Hate Week edition of the podcast. We hope you're as just devoted to this game as we are. We are so excited to be able to just uh, host U of A football and hopefully just n- absolutely knock their lights out in the football field, especially from all the frustration of the season. Didn't quite end up where the Sun Devils wanted it to go. They can finish second in the Pac-12 South, uh, but beating this U of A football team would definitely be uh, a little cherry on top of this season. So, but thank you for making Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. Y- you can find us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios and find Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with the Z36. We also have our Twitter page at LO underscore Sun Devils. Uh, we also have content that comes out normally Monday through Friday. But you can find it, our content either on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app. Make sure to, uh, to subscribe. Never miss any of our episodes. You'll get a notification every day for our latest episode. And whether you're at work, you're on your way to commuting to work, uh, you get a notification. You just turn it on and you start listening to our podcast and get a little bit smarter about anything ASU sports. But now you make your second listen, Lockdown Bets. They're going to be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. You keep it locked right here with the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast.